0: Welcome to From Cover to Cover, a podcast that serves to accompany both classical and contemporary works of literature for those who are more on the audio-visual learner side. All right, welcome to our next chapter review of The Ghost Soldiers. So this is chapter 18, and this chapter was pretty... Intense to read. I'm not gonna lie, I read it and I had to stop and think about whose side it was on because honestly, I didn't. The protagonist of the story and his, I guess, nemesis or his antagonist, I had to figure out who was the one who was at fault here. Like, do I agree with O'Brien or do I not? So, just to give you a context of what happened in the story, here's my chapter recap. So, um, O'Brien is talking about the two times that he got shot in Vietnam and how each one was different from the other. So uh, the first time he got shot, he was treated by a medic named Rat Kylie. And Rat Kylie like was really good at treating him. Uh, he talked with him, like, how is it? Four different times. And he helped O'Brien get on a helicopter for evacuation. And, you know, O'Brien healed within the course of a month into uh, and he was able to come back to the unit um in the next month so that's pretty quick healing after a gunshot you know uh but when he came back he realized that rat was wounded so his old medic was wounded and now there's a new wo- a new medic named bobby jorgensen in place and so o'brien does get shot a second time and this time when bobby jorgensen tries to treat him he doesn't treat him that well so bobby jorgensen actually freezes and he doesn't treat uh o'brien until o'brien's about to die he didn't see O'Brien until O'Brien's literally about to develop shock and die. So, um, the wound eventually developed like this infection called gangrene, and O'Brien was not able to walk or sit for a long period of time. When he did recover slightly, he was just put on um, supply restocking work. So, a whole new different battalion out of the combat zone. And he still felt immense pain in his new position because, you know, this pain is something that will not go away for a while. So O'Brien felt some huge anger at Jorgensen, which is understandable um, because Jorgensen could have treated him, but he didn't treat him effectively. And now he has to suffer immense consequences from it. And O'Brien's anger at Jorgensen is escalated by his longing feelings of being back in combat because um, his new job as a new battalion, you know, it is arguably much safer because it's just supply restocking, no longer in the line of battle. The comradeship that occurred within the line of battle was extremely uh, was extremely desirable, and he had these friendships with his with his fellow soldiers that he no longer received at the battalion. It's an argumentative thing. I think if I was a bride, I would like to be safer rather than um, you know being with my friends in the danger zone and getting shot again especially if I was in pain but you know I honestly I've never been in that position so I really wouldn't know this is just what I'm thinking but if I'm in that situation I can't speak so later his act his former company actually comes to his base for a break and I think the break is called stand down so O'Brien sees like his old friends like Sanders Azar, Henry Dobbins Dave Jensen Norman Bowker And they all drink and talk together like friends, right? So they're all goody buddies again. Kind of, but not really. So um, O'Brien actually gets... uh, So O'Brien is like, you know, feeling kind of left out from the conversations that are at hand. Because he's no longer in the line of combat with them he doesn't really understand the inside jokes, the stories, the references and he realizes that he's no longer a important part. He's no longer like a part of their group anymore. Like their group evolved and he's no longer a part of the current memories. And um you know when O'Brien shows like his anger at Jorgensen, then his group actually defends him. Like Mitchell Sanders defends Jorgensen and says like, "Oh yeah, like can you please like stop being um being upset about something that happened months ago because Bobby Jorgensen has learned how to be, like, a great medic now. So really makes no sense to keep making fun of him. And he's also, like, one of us. That's what he literally says. He's one of us. So he's part of their group now. And O'Brien, when hearing this, sounds even more angry, more jealous, and more betrayed because this guy who he has so much anger about, who, like, yeah, did all this stuff to him, now he's a part of their group, and he's upset, understandably, you know. But... Um, So the next next morning, Jorgensen actually waits for O'Brien, and he wants to talk to him because Jorgensen decides to apologize for what happened months ago by saying that, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, um, I didn't help you because I was paralyzed by fear, which is understandable because he was, like, new to the job. And O'Brien doesn't really accept this apology. And in the end, him and this other soldier named Azar – Decided to take revenge on um, Jorgensen by by creating this like honestly immature prank to try to replicate like a ghost and like have scary noises in the dark so that uh, Jorgensen gets spooked and Jorgensen does get spooked and also like Azar I do not like Azar Azar is like I think that here we going two important things about both Azar O'Brien and but all of them Azar O'Brien and Jorgensen we learn that O'Brien is, like, seriously petty still. And he still um, desires that comradeship. And, you know, like, doing this thing and plotting revenge against uh, O'Brien, against Jorgensen gives him that sense of, like, oh, yeah, like, I am in the violent zone. Like, I can do this. And also shows how, like, the violence has really impacted him. And Azar, like, dude, Azar sucks. Like, Azar is just violent. Like, every single chapter I've read about Azar, he's doing something that's rude. Uh, culturally discriminatory or violent, including this one. So, Azar is obviously just a guy who looks out for himself. And we later learn that he does look out for himself when, like, Jorgensen, like, Jorgensen later discovers the prank and he's like, Oh, Brian, you're so immature. And then Azar's like, Yeah, you're so immature, O'Brien. And then he kicks him on the head, even though Azar was literally a part of the prank. So, that's kind of strange. And we learn that Jorgensen is like, you know, this mature person because at the end of the prank, you know, he is like, Oh, yeah, you're so immature, O'Brien. And, um, but he still treats, uh, O'Brien on the forehead, you know? So, uh, so basically the extent of the prank was that O'Brien and Azar are doing this prank while Jorgensen's walking, um, at night to try to scare him, like, with the presence of ghost. And, um, in the middle, O'Brien does get, um... In the middle, O'Brien does get like a little, get some regretful feelings. He wants to stop the prank, but Azar like reinforces his anger. So then uh, they just continue the prank. Jorgensen gets like really scared. He shoots a sandbag that's pretending to be the ghost, and he realizes it's O'Brien. And he screams out O'Brien's name, and he's like, "O'Brien, you're so pathetic!" And then Azar suddenly like betrays O'Brien and takes Azar's and takes Jorgenson's side, and he's like, "Yeah." O'Brien, you're so pathetic, and then he, like, kicks O'Brien on the forehead, and it opens a gash, and um, O'Brien is feeling guilty, and then Jorgensen decides to treat his gash, so that's an act of selflessness, despite this prank that was played against him. This is pretty interesting chapter, and, in, like, which side are you on? I don't know.